John chapter 19, verses 16 through 30. So they took Jesus and he went out bearing his own cross to the place called the place of of a skull, which in Aramaic is called Golgotha. There they crucified him and with him two others, one on either side and Jesus between them. Pilate also wrote an inscription and put it on the cross. It read, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. Many of the Jews read this inscription for the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city and it was written in Aramaic, in Latin, and in Greek. So the chief priest of the Jews said to Pilate, Do not write the King of the Jews, but rather... This man said, I am king of the Jews. Pilate answered, what I have written, I have written. When the soldiers had crucified Jesus, they took his garments and divided them into four parts, one part for each soldier, also his tunic. But the tunic was seamless, woven in one piece from top to bottom. So they said to one another, let us not tear it, but cast lots for it to see whose it shall be. This was to fulfill the scripture which says, They divided my garments among them, and for my clothing they cast lots. So the soldiers did these things. But standing by the cross of Jesus were his mother and his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, Behold your mother. And from that hour, the disciple took her into his own home. After this, Jesus, knowing that all was now finished, said to fulfill the scripture, I thirst. A jar full of sour wine stood there. So they put a sponge full of the sour wine on a hyssop branch and held it to his mouth. When Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, It is finished. And he bowed his head. And gave up his spirit. That sends our reading of God's salvific word. May all who hear it understand the true meaning and the true purpose of the cross of Christ. The greatest problem that mankind has in the world today is the fact that the world has been judged by a holy and all-powerful God. In fact, the the, the greatest problem that, that you have in your life is that you are under this same judgment. Because of your sin, you face an eternity under the wrath of God, and there's absolutely nothing, nothing that you can do about it. In fact, the, the, the only hope that you have is that, that somehow God will be merciful towards you. That he would somehow rescue you from himself. And yet, how could a holy and just God allow sin to be unaccounted for? How could he forgive those who are guilty? If he did that, well, then he would no longer be just, would he? 
As we ponder this account concerning the, the death of Jesus, one might say that what, we, that what has been witnessed to us is a tale that defies common sense. For, for in the death of Jesus, we, we discover a horrific act that, that should not have taken place. And I'm not just speaking a, about the injustice of it all, though that does play a role. But when you, when you consider who this Jesus is and all that he could do, well, then you have to wonder how. How could something like this happen to him? How could such an agonizing and torturous death happen to Jesus? Consider what we know about this man from what we just read this evening. For one, we know that he is a king. Look back at John chapter 18, verses 33 through 38. So Pilate entered his headquarters again and called Jesus and said to him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, Do you say this of your own accord, or did others say it to you about me? Pilate answered, Am I a Jew? Your own nation and the chief priests have delivered you over to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would have been fighting that I might not be delivered over to the Jews. But my kingdom is not from the world. Pilate said to him, So you are a king. Jesus answered, you say that I am a king. For this purpose I was born, and for this purpose I have come into the world, to bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. Pilate said to him, what is truth? Here we see that Jesus openly confessed to Pilate that he was a king. And yet, to do such a thing was very, very dangerous. For such a claim was an act of sedition against Caesar, the Roman Empire. And yet, what did Jesus say? That it was for this purpose that he was born. That it, that it was for this purpose that he had come into the world. Jesus truly is this messianic king who had come to Israel in order to rescue his people. And yet the Jews whom he was trying to rescue, what were they trying to do? They were trying to have him killed. Now what kind of kingship is that? And yet what else did Jesus say? He said, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would have been fighting that I might not be delivered over to the Jews. But my kingdom is not from the world. In other words, Jesus doesn't receive his authority from any earthly allegiance. Rather, his authority comes from above. And so it's not by the will of men that he is given a throne. Rather, it is through the will of God the Father that Jesus rules with this kingly authority. 
And so Jesus is our king. And yet he's more than just our king. For he, he is also righteous and innocent. Consider what we read when, when Jesus was on trial. Look, look at chapter 18 again, verses this time verses 19 through 23. The high priest and questioned Jesus about his disciples and his teaching. Jesus answered him, I have spoken openly to the world. I have always taught in the synagogues and in the temple where all Jews come together. I have said nothing in secret. Why do you ask me? Ask those who have heard me what I said to them. They know what I said. When he had said these things, one of the officers standing by struck Jesus with his hand, saying, Is that how you answer the high priest? Jesus answered him, If what I said is wrong, bear witness about the wrong. But if what I said is right, why do you strike me? You see, everything that Jesus did was an open book. He did not hide anything from anyone. He did not hold secret meetings. He didn't preach one thing to the public and another thing in private. No, he was open about his claims and testified only to the truth. He was righteous. He was innocent. In fact, he was so innocent that even Pilate, this, this worldly and wicked man, saw the truth of his innocence through his own questioning of Jesus. Look at, look at chapter 19, verses 4 through 6. Pilate went out again and, and said to him, See, I am bringing him out to you that you may know that I find no guilt in him. So Jesus came out wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe. Pilate said to them, Behold the man! When the chief priests and the officers saw him, they, they cried out, Crucify him! Crucify him! Pilate said to them, Take him yourselves and crucify him, for I find no guilt in him. I mean, even this godless man saw through the charade that was, that was happening before him. He, he knew that Jesus was innocent and that it was only out of jealousy and hatred that, that these men wanted Jesus dead. Pilate found no guilt in him. And the reason he found no guilt in him was, was because Jesus was guilty of nothing. And yet there's more to this Jesus than just his kingliness and his innocence. For Jesus is also God in human flesh. Look at John chapter 18, verses 3 through 6. Here we see the arrest of Jesus. So Judas, having procured a band of soldiers and, and some officers from the chief priests and the Pharisees, went there with lanterns and torches and weapons. Then Jesus, knowing all that would happen to him, came forward and said to them, Whom do you seek? They answered him, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus said to them, I am he. Judas, who betrayed him, was standing with them. When Jesus said to them, I am he, they drew back and fell to the ground. 
Now here we see a couple things demonstrating to us the divine nature of Jesus. For, for one, we, we see a divine foreknowledge, right? As Jesus knew all that was going to happen to him. He, he knew what these men were up to and why they had come. But more than this, we see the divine nature in the reaction of these men when Jesus reveals to them who he truly is. And what does John tell us? When Jesus said to them, I am he, they drew back and fell to the ground. They, they drew back and fell to the ground. Now why would they do that? It's because they couldn't help but bend the knee when Jesus said, I am he. And that's because Jesus has a divine authority unlike any other. He is the Son of God. He is the God-man. And when He decides to reveal Himself to you, His divine authority cannot be denied, even by those who are out to do Him harm. But we see this even further when Jesus' true nature is revealed to Pilate. Look back at chapter 19, verses 7 through 11. The Jews answered him, we, we have a law, and according to that law, he ought to die, because he has made himself the Son of God. When Pilate heard this statement, he was even more afraid. He entered his headquarters again and said to Jesus, Where are you from? But Jesus gave him no answer. So Pilate said to him, Will you not speak to me? Do you not know that I have authority to release you and authority to crucify you? Jesus answered him, You would have no authority over me at all unless it had been given to you from above. Therefore, he who delivered me over to you has a greater sin. I mean, think about this. When, when Pilate heard that Jesus claimed to be the Son of God, he got spooked. You, you see, he already knew of this man's innocence. But, but if Jesus was truly who he claimed to be, if Jesus truly was the Son of God, well, then Pilate knew that he was dealing with someone, he was dealing with a man who had greater authority than even Caesar. This is why he asked Jesus, where are you from? Are you from Nazareth? Or are you from somewhere else? And did you notice that even when Pilate tried to assert his own superiority over Jesus, Jesus then demonstrated to this man that the only authority that he had was given to him from above. That he was God's pawn. God's pawn being used to carry out God's will. And so Jesus seemed not to concern himself over Pilate's authority. 
about what Pilate would choose to do. Rather, he concerned himself about his father's will. So we see that Jesus is our king. We see that Jesus is righteous and innocent. And we see that Jesus is God in human flesh. But, but if this is the case, if, if all these things are true, then we must ask the question, why? Why would this guy who has so much power choose to subject himself to the cross? Why would this king who has a kingdom to rule willingly walk to such a, a, a torturous death? Why would this innocent man not plead his case to the, to the one man who could have freed him? And why would the Son of God not appeal to his Father and ask for an army of angels to come and to rescue him? The answer is found in his own words. Look back again at, at, at Jesus' arrest. Look Look at chapter 18, verses 10 and 11. Then Simon Peter, having a sword, drew it and, and struck the high priest's servant and cut off his right ear. The servant's name was Malchus. So Jesus said to Peter, Put your sword into its sheath. Shall I not drink the cup that the Father has given me? You see, Jesus did have one of his servants who, who wanted to fight back. And Peter was ready to strike, and, and strike he did. And yet Jesus told this man, put your sword away. Why did he tell Peter this? Shall I not drink the cup that the Father has given me? Shall I not drink the cup that the Father has given me? I mean, do you see it? Do, do, do you understand what was going on when Jesus hung from that cross? This was God's plan all along. It was the Father's will for His Son to be crucified. But why was this God's plan? What was the purpose in Jesus' death? Because it was the only way that man can be truly saved. For only a true sacrifice. A sacrifice of someone who could represent us such as a king. A sacrifice of someone who, could, who was truly innocent. Who was truly righteous. A sacrifice of someone who was, who was both fully God and fully man. Only that kind of sacrifice will appease the wrath of God Almighty. Dear friends, when, when, when I look around this room, I, I see people from all walks of life. There are the old and there are the young. There's male and there's female. There's those of us that have money and there's those of us that have very little. 
And yet, what I can say about each and every one of you is that you are all sinners under God's judgment. That you have all, at, at one point or another, turned your back on God and decided to follow your own wicked desires. And because of that, you are all facing the white, hot wrath of the Lord. And yet, there is another thing that I can confidently say about all of you. Is that you are not without hope. That God didn't just leave you to fend for yourselves. Rather, he provided a way for you to be forgiven. And that way is through Jesus Christ. How could a holy and just God allow sin to be unaccounted for? The answer is simple. He doesn't. But Jesus paid your account in full. Listen. When, when that, that crown of thorns was, was piercing Christ's skull, that was King Jesus representing his people before a holy God. When, when those nails pierced Jesus' hands and his feet, that was righteous Jesus shedding his innocent blood for those who have been found guilty. And when Jesus drank the cup of his Father's wrath, that was the Son of God, the God-man, humbling himself as he took upon the sin of the world in order that those who are called by his grace might turn to him and be saved. And what's crazy is that, is that Jesus, he, he didn't come to this earth reluctantly. No. He, he chose to come. He, he ran down here. He took upon flesh. And then he went to the cross. And he did so because of his great love for you. Because of his great love for me. He is your king. He is your righteous and innocent substitution. And he is your God. Repent and believe upon him. Turn away from your sins. Turn away from your unbelief and trust in him today. For salvation can be found in no other name. Let us pray. Father, we are so, so grateful for your Son and all that he did for us, for the gift that he has given to us. That even though he is our king, he, he chose to die in our place when he hung from that cross. That even though he was innocent, he chose to shed his own blood to pay the penalty that we deserve. That even though he is our God, he chose to become a man for our sake. Help us to turn from our sins 
and to trust in him. We pray this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.